0: what's up ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the greatest podcast on earth a blessing to your ears and a blessing to your soul you are rocking out with me the man the god the boy everything else that pussy you on, bitch lord welcho rocking with the best podcast and partner in the game introduce yourself to the people uh y'all
1: know me as as Trill salsa uh or an aka by my government name travis So, you know let's get right into it man you know what i've been looking at lately
0: What's up? What you been and, looking
1: at? It, and it's been bringing my mind to it. It's just like, damn, dog. Why, why is it when it comes to politics?
0: Uh-huh. When it
1: gets to a point in an election, we got two old white men running for office.
0: <laughs> I was talking to my wife about the same thing. I was like, I'm, I'm tired of this being another election where I have to vote between two people I don't necessarily agree with and the lesser of two evils. Like I feel like I, I feel like the country as a whole, we need to look into because it's more than two political parties. We need to look into all the candidates and you know, understand like politics is a spectrum. Okay, there's conservatives, Democrats, there's moderate Democrats, there's liberal Democrats. Same thing on the Republican side, and then there's parties that have whole agendas based around being more liberal and 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 conservative. So. I, I, I just feel, I feel the pain. I feel just as limited as you feel. Why am I not necessarily the two old white men? But why am I stuck trying to pick between lesser of two evils when there's probably somebody out there that I identify more with that's not getting the support? And it's probably better for the country than these two guys from the same old two parties.
1: Because you know how it goes down. to it goes down to at the end, exposure, money,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: at times race. Mm-hmm. And I like like you know it's the part that's been killing me. I'm, imagine. People are out here trying to just push through someone like I't do know have you heard about that confirmation hearing about that judge they're trying to push through
0: uh, I have not did, I, let, I think me, I saw something today where it was like somebody disagreed with having a confirmation hearing in an election year?
1: That lady is unqualified because the Demi- no the Republican Party did this during Barack Obama's tenure uh-huh. they 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 tried to impede the hearing. Now that don't now that the election day is coming near, mm-hmm. Republicans are trying to push through because they want to pack the court with conservative justices. You know, make things biased and all that kind of mm-hmm. And and when it goes back to this right now, and it's just not presidential, but senators and you know, at the state government and local levels. Yeah, we need more younger people in politics. Yep. You know, full fact, you got people that are still stuck in the Ages, you know Mitch McConnell. Mm-hmm. Imagine, imagine living in a country where people are like, "Hey, let's make it harder for people to get affordable healthcare." No, mm-hmm. that's American.
0: Yeah, it's just ridiculous. We need people that identifies with generation that comes up, and I, it kind of felt like that. Like it kind of felt like. Remember when Kennedy was elected, and people are like, oh, he's so young." You know what I'm saying? It kind of feels like after that, people are like, never again. We'll never have a guy that radical, that young, that on the cutting edge. And I feel 100% what you're saying. Like, we got old people who are still like, let's take a hotbed topic like uh, abortion. Who are you to tell women when they can have an abortion, especially when we have, I think, a good system put in place? Roe v. Wade gets so misinterpreted. Roe v. Wade says guidelines on when women can have an abortion, first trimester free game, second trimester free game, third trimester is if you have like a severe medical. But people just want to overhaul it because they don't, they think that it means something that it isn't. And it's just old people that just rocks with this thing of if you get pregnant, you're supposed to have a baby. And it's like, no, we got to update our thinking. There's medical conditions. People have free choices. Like people are more enlightened now. Yeah, if they don't want to live their life strapped down with a baby, they don't have to. I'm not saying that's my opinion. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's all about, and it's all about if you can live with that decision, right? Yeah.
1: Because, look. but
0: I don't, but I don't think that people who have nothing to do with these people on these level, or with, with these women on these level, should be able to take their old time views of things and force it on people. And a lot of times, if we're being real, it's not even their views. It's views that they just go up there and portray to satisfy the people in their base to keep them in that position.
1: Ma'am, I, I get what you're saying because, you know, I, I'm i not going to tell a woman what to do with her body. I, I'm not. I don't have a uterus. I'm. Imagine me trying to tell a woman what to do with her baby say, hey, you can't get an abortion. That's like a woman yeah. trying to tell me what to do with my uh you know, but if I try to do something about with sex and all that. Yeah, yeah. And going back into it, it's like people just trying to, like, people want to be pro-life so bad before the baby is born. But what happens after is nothing. Nothing. You got kids locked in cages. You got kids in, uh certain you know, in these homes and all that stuff. And, you know, they're not getting the adequate care. But, hey, let's not, let's not abort them. But we don't give a damn yeah. what happens to them after
0: once they get here, because it's, it's going to be that same black child, that same Latino child that's going to you're going to put in a, a position of poverty where the schools don't have the resources to teach them a job skill, let alone actually teach them the quote-unquote curriculum they're supposed to be learning. So, you know, I, I get it. I'll 100% what you're saying. Like, it doesn't make sense. These people just have these views. I don't think some of them even have the view. I think some of them just Know their base and care to their base so much. I don't even think these guys have that view, they just care more about that seat than being authentic.
1: Well, that's what happens when you pocket it in. You know, it's at times when it comes to politics where it's about how much money can someone pocket in. You know, it's like, hey man, I'll give you this much money if you believe in these views. Like, you know, especially Hmm. when it comes to healthcare. You know, it uh-huh. gets to a point where it comes to the calling where diseases are even killing the people. It's just like mm-hmm. and I said this, but I'm going to say it again. It's the system that kills the people.
0: It uh-huh. goes back to that Chris Wright, that Chris Rock uh, bit. I'm not sure if you ever seen it. That is the, the, the money's not in the cure. The money's in the treatment. Like there's cures out there for this shit, but we're not going to make no money if we got the cure and we give you the cure. We make money off you happen to take the pill, the injection. You know what I'm saying?
1: It's greed. <laughs> I don't.
0: I don't make money off of saying here's the cure. Why make one ten thousand dollar payment or, or uh, get ten thousand dollars once when I can get a hundred thousand dollars over a prolonged period of time?
1: And then we get to a point where people have to have copays and deductibles and this and that. And we look across other countries. You know, you you got stuff about referrals like I gotta get a referral to do this I'm like come on man
0: Mm -hmm. It's, it's just weird it's just weird to see our political system so dominated by greed and it's not really ran by the politicians and it's not well it's not supposed to be ran by the politicians but it's supposed to be ran by the people but it's ran by the people that can get Into the politician's ear, instead of the people that actually are voting for these politicians. They only care about us when it's time to get our vote. They don't really care about us when they're in office. Then it's about okay, what can I do to keep the money coming in, keep everything P and Q with this lobby group over here who's really supporting my stuff. And you know, those lobby groups then in turn act as a you know pseudo ad company. You know, we got the President Trump. We told him this, he responded this way, and then that just keeps the base going. It just people are sheep. People are sheep. You know,
1: And it's, like I said, we're almost close to November 3rd. And speaking of that, when we look at that debate, I, I'm not going to lie. I knew it was going to be a dumpster fire, but one thing that, and I really wasn't surprised what he said it was. Mm-hmm. Trump said, I'm the least racist person in the room. That's like me saying, I still have black friends, but I'm racist.
0: I saw that I saw that people are like he said he's the least he's the least racist person in the room, but he didn't say i'm not racist at all <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> so like, uh, you, you
1: you really think that's gonna stick it to someone they said, hey i'm not i'm not I'm just a little racist, you know I'm just a spoonful of racist. I'm not fully racist i'm just a
0: spoonful. i'm I'm not gonna condemn a white nationalist group i'm not i'm gonna call People who uh, hit a hit a white woman. Wasn't a white woman hit in Charlottesville? Yeah, they hit a white woman in Charlottesville. I'm gonna call them nice people.
1: Oh yeah, I'm not. Now I remember what you're talking about. It was on both sides. Like he was saying, like, and then of course you always got these so called conservatives. You know, it's like people that think they can speak for me. I'm like, no, you can't speak for me. Like, you you got your so-called Candace Owens, Owens thinking mm-hmm. to speak. I said, no, she does not speak for me. At all. You can you can stay in the house. In mm-hmm. the field. you you going <laughs> to yeah. be up there in the house all you want. But at one point, when they keep you to the curb,
0: mm-hmm. don't
1: come acting like a victim.
0: I feel bad for Candace Owens because it's like, he, you're amorosa. You're just political, amorosa. Like, you know, amorosa don't fuck with Trump now. Like, that's what's going to happen to you. And you know, he's showing that girl her ass, his ass. You know, he's doing it. She's probably, she probably, like, really adores Trump and really likes him and really rocks with him. And that's fine. But it's, it's no way I feel like there's a genuine mutual respect there. I, he's using that woman.
1: Oh, that's the thing. The one thing I've noticed is that Trump uses people. Oh, yeah. He does. But I mean, when it comes to minorities, oh, he's gonna he's gonna milk it.
0: Yeah, you know? people fall for it, and it's sad, man. It's sad, and it's like yeah, I I, I yeah. never the 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 thing with Trump for me is I never understood. And from the debates, I think I haven't seen anything. I watched the whole debate, the first one, and then I watched a little bit of this final one. And what I've seen from Trump is like. How can you look at this man? He has no solid points about anything political or anything about his plan. It's just we're gonna do this and it's happening this way, and I promise you it's gonna happen this way. And say, Yeah, that's the guy. That's him. A guy that can't even agree. Like I like let's put the racist shit in the box, right? Because that's me mm-hmm. and you are both black. That's that's our wheelhouse. He can't even agree. There's a global pandemic we're facing. Most countries in the world have at least had a break. Even China, which was the first country to have it, has at least had a break. You know what I'm saying? Well, shit was kind of back to normal. We've been dealing with this pandemic in this country for six months, seven if you want to go back to February, right? He can't even agree with his scientists on when the vaccine is supposed to be out. He doesn't believe
1: in science. I'll tell you that right now. Honestly, the thing about Trump, he was, you see how he was with Dr. Fauci? Mm -hmm. He doesn't believe in science. Honestly, I've reached the terms that This man does not agree with science, nor will actually try to come to terms with his scientists. He just wants to bring in people that are just saying, yes, man, because he wants to push stuff that he has money in. Mm
0: -hmm. And and, and his thing, what what I'm talking about is in the first presidential debate, uh, the moderator of that debate was all like, Mr. Trump, the scientist you hired said it's not going to come out. This is not Dr. Fauci, the CDC, who this is a scientist he hired that said that the, the vaccine is not ready. And he's still, we're coming, we're in the final stages. this it's like, no, Donald, like, no, this is not a business. And that's, that's what I, I talked to my wife about this. It's like he wants to run it like a business. He's so used to being his word is the final goal. And he's such ego driven. But it's like, it don't work like that. Just because you believe it's going to work like that doesn't mean it's going to pan out that way. Especially when you're running, and, when you a country, it it doesn't work that way. There's checks and balances.
1: And look at the man's business background. Exactly. You you think it's not? You, you people kept saying we wanted Trump to be president because he wanted to run America like a business. Now look at America. <laughs> look at the COVID response. Look at as many people have died.
0: Look at how. Look at how many. I'm sorry for cutting you off. Look at how many times there's been breaks, and then spikes and then breaks and then spikes because it's just like him it's inconsistent Like right? if you get up there and be serious and say hey look i understand i can't stop you from living your life but you gotta follow these state guidelines to a t then you wouldn't have this problem things would be solved so much easier but you got so many people that just believe him and it's this and that you can't we're not going to let COVID have us from living our lives and now they're just free. They're just free doing dumb shit. Throwing parties, not wearing masks. All congr- Look at his rallies. Look at his rallies all up on yep. top of each other. And that's what grabs my gears about him. He uh, leaked his 60 Minutes interview that was supposed to come out, I think, today. Yeah. And uh, he said he did it for fairness. And then the clip that I saw he leaked, he was, he was bragging about we're holding rallies. And this and now we're having some of the biggest rallies possible. Like, that's something to brag, about. To
1: and brag about. And
0: it's like, not only is it not to brag about because it's rallies, like every presidential candidate has rallies and have a, a portion of people that's going to show out and fill up a arena or conference center, convention center for them. But it's the fact that in the first presidential debate, you took a jab at Biden and said, under me, there's only been two hundred thousand people get the disease or die. Under you it would have been two million. But then you get the disease. Not even two, three weeks after getting the disease, it's back campaigning holding rallies. Like you're a danger to the people that you're supposed to be protecting and that you were talking about your candidate or the guy you run against wouldn't protect, but you're not protecting them. He's seeing our own ignorant. And it's just and it's and it's, he's it's just going
1: on. Calling, oh, uh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Keep going. And he's out here calling Joe Biden sleepy Joe. I'm like, dude, you, 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 you've you got some nerve to be calling somebody old and senile. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you ain't too bright yourself. Like, mind you. I remember he was meeting with the prime minister from Israel, right? Mm-hmm. And they, they was having a meeting, right? Mm-hmm. And even the prime minister of Israel knew something was going on because this is the part, though. Trump asked... The prime minister, he said, do you think Sleepy Joe could have got this deal done? And the prime minister, he was like, eh. Like, he, he didn't answer the question. because this is the part, though. Everybody knows what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, say Biden wins the election, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Trump's not going to transfer power peacefully. Mm-hmm. You know, these naga hats are going to be up in the streets saying that it's rigged, It's fake news, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But if he wins... Well, no, not even that. all I'm gonna say is this: the man's a danger. the uh-huh. man's an F. he he said he's gonna make America this and that try to run it like a business.
0: Uh-huh.
1: come on now, be realistic uh-huh. yes. if I did if any black man in office did an A for what he did right now
0: uh-huh.
1: it, it wouldn't even be. It wouldn't be a debate. They would have just shut that down the (laughs) bud.
0: Obama got Obama got ridicule because he wore a tan suit. And presidents are supposed to wear black. Trump told people inject bleach in their arms and told a white nationalist group, he could have told them, yo, stop being racist, listen to your fellow man to stand by and stand down. And it was it was news one day and gone the next. Because that's his base. <laughs> he
1: knows that people would have just said I'm not racist because you know what he's trying to do he's trying to treat it like a business because he knows if I do anything to alienate these white supremacists uh-huh. it's over.
0: Mm. Just ignorance and, and people are sheep like and I just don't get but I just I mean I'm not sure and now like when you say like that's his base it makes me like wonder like are these people dumb or are these people smart like makes me think that some of them are playing the long game like, yeah, he's not the brightest, but he at least supports me or at least not supports me like outright, but at least not going to condemn me. So I'm going to vote for him because I know he's going to allow me to have things the way I want it. Or are these people really just stupid and think like he's actually competent enough to do this job because he's not. He's never going to be. He wasn't competent to be a business owner. He's been bankrupt five times.
1: I mean, he's robbing them blind during COVID right now. Trump. And there's a lot of them
0: struggling, Trump. but they still gonna end up voting for him. And then you know, I, I seen a video on Vice, and it was people who were like in the area that voted for Trump, but needed Obamacare. <laughs> the main thing he's trying to repeal, <laughs> but you need it, but you voted for him, and now you're willing, now, and now you're willing to go without health care because you believe in somebody that never should have had the position in the first place, you know.
1: I don't feel bad for him, honestly. You read what you saw.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Trill <is> a savage. <laughs> I,
1: I'm not, nah, man. But let's take the ties into some other things. You know, I was looking up at some sports and whatnot. Uh-huh. You know, you know with Khabib, right? Uh-huh. You, you know, I, I'm 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 actually glad he went out. He's definitely he's definitely a UFC Hall of Famer. Uh-huh. You know, up there with George and Saint Pierre and them and whatnot. Uh-huh. You know, pound for pound and whatnot. And it's just like I'm glad he went out on a good note. Uh-huh. You know, it was it was an emotional fight and that the fact that he fought on a broken foot says a lot. Uh-huh. Like it, it was from what I seen the highlights, it was it was a pretty good
0: fight. It was a good fight. I mean I I I was watching it live and uh When the UFC shows the fight, they also show a live Twitter feed when the next round starts. So a lot of guys were judging it. Um, It only went two rounds, we should say. A lot of guys judged that first round, one 0 Habib. And it was some good blows by Gaethje in that first round. And it turns out, two judges actually had it the first round to Gaethje, the opponent. And I was kind of like, I think Gaethje kind of won that round. He put a little weight on him with a leg kick and a good body shot. And then I was surprised. I mean, Khabib, but Khabib was doing the thing on the feet. And I thought, after seeing the way Gaethje took care of Ferguson and, I, and did his wrestling background, I was like, okay, if he can do that against Tony Ferguson, who's a, you know, when you watch him, he's a rhythm fighter, he's on and off. It's like, I've never seen Habib be that type of striker. I just seen him be a mauler, pressure, 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 take you down. But to see Habib show us, like, I can also put this pressure on people striking wise. And the way he was hitting Gaethje and was putting him on that back foot, it was wonderful. And just speaking of what you said, the emotional impact, losing his father to COVID last month. And just his his impact and, you know, just the way he went out, it was beautiful. I mean, And it was perfect time. He had nothing else to prove when you look at it. I mean, he beat Poirier. He beat Connor, He beat Gaethje. Tony Ferguson took himself out by losing to Gaethje. So who's he waiting on? I'm not about to sit here and keep coming to fight when I don't got my dad to beat guys I already beat and and, yeah, and, and, and wait and wait for George St. Pierre to come back. I'm not waiting for George St. Pierre to come back. He had time to come back. George St. Pierre last fall I believe like November of 2017. We're in October yeah. of 2020.
1: And he beat Bisping. He beat
0: Bisping in that fight. And, and Madison Square what? in November 2017. It's almost three years later. If you wanted to come back and fight that bad, you would have did it. I'm not waiting on you.
1: George is like with Khabib. I'm not going to lie. He like, like And this is the one thing I learned when I had to bow. Like he bowed out gracefully. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have anything else to prove. He went out on good terms. Like you know, he rode off into the sunset. Yeah. You know, like he has a mother at home and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like yes, he lost his father, and it was in in those were emotional states, and I, I understand that. It's an emotional. It's emotions at times, though.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I completely agree. I mean, I ain't even lie, I cried because like I've lost a sister. And so I have two siblings and I, I identify with what he said. Like, I know what it's like to only have one now. So I cried because I was like, man, I know what that pain feels like, you know, to, to have one less. So I, now I, I completely agree with it. I mean, you can't agree. There's nothing left on the table for him. He beat everybody that needed to be beaten. You know, it was almost perfect. Like, I'm not saying his dad died was perfect, but it was perfect timing for him to go. Even from the standpoint of like, what do I have to prove? I'm just going to be sitting here. Beating guys I've already beat dominantly, waiting for the next contender. or I have to go up to one seventy. <laughs> I mean, he's pointing. He retired twenty nine and zero. Yeah. Come on, man. I mean, shoot, so. twenty nine and
1: zero retired as a champion. Yeah.
0: go ahead, and go. You know, he, he got to do it. A lot. Or a lot of people didn't get to do. It. DC ain't getting to do that. You know, uh, a lot of guys. Anderson Silva didn't do it. George Saint Pierre or Joseph Pierre did it, but he you no. Know, I think he vacated. After he beat Bisbean before he retired. Yeah. He vacated. So, you know, a lot of great guys before him. I mean, maybe John Jones can do it, but John Jones gotta stay out of trouble.
1: John well, John Jones and trouble go head to I mean, hand in hand like black and white. It, they're always gonna be mm-hmm. there are always gonna be in there in that mix. And Anderson Silva, I mean, granted after his loss against White we do he, I think he should have just bowed out gracefully, but he just didn't know when to quit. You know, he had
0: another fight. He did? You no, know, he fights again next week against Gerard Hall in the main event. He's still fighting. <laughs> he, 43 he, years old, enough. still fighting. He doesn't want to let it go, huh?
1: I mean, you, you think getting your ass whipped like that, then breaking your leg in the other fight.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, you, you just got no one to bow. It hurts
0: to see, because it's like he was the last fight before Izzy Got the um the interim title fight against Gaslam, and then the title fight against um, Whitaker. And it hates it, it hurts to see Anderson Silva become UFC great to Gatekeeper. It almost cheapens the legacy. You almost forget, you know. And then then you double down on forgetting because that run ended in twenty thirteen. Like he and he broke he his run. he broke no twenty fourteen he broke his leg. I remember this like the back of my hand. It was. The day after I turned 18, which was 2014, and he broke his leg. <laughs> Wyman kicked it. I, I invited all my friends. We were going to go to Buffalo Wild Wings and watch it at Buffalo Wild Wings. But you know, UFC fight cards take forever. And I, I didn't know the main card started at 9 p.m. So we left before even the main card started. And I was in my room at my parents' house watching it on the laptop. And I remember watching it. I remember that leg being kicked and it snapped and flailed. In. That was the career, man. It ain't been the same since that. He came back, had that fight against Nick Diaz, got busted for the PEDs, and then from there it's just been downhill.
1: You just hate seeing legends. You know, you're legends you grew up with. Um, you just, some that don't know when to quit. Yeah. And that, that's the sad part I hate seeing because who was. Who and then, and it's just like, you know, even in sports. You know, some that bowed out gracefully. I remember seeing Derek Jeter mm-hmm. bow out gracefully in baseball. Mm-hmm. I, I remember um, who was. It was some hell. Even Kobe, like, yeah. may he rest the peace. He went out on on a good note. Scored sixty points in his last game. Mm-hmm. And I'm going. I'm wishing the same thing for LeBron that he'll retire gracefully.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be hard for him not to retire gracefully. I mean, look how long it's going ridiculous how long it's going. I don't it's know. It's ain't it? Year 18. He driving O three. 03. By the time next season ends, it'll be year 18 or something like that.
1: You're right, man. I mean, the way... Hey, but at the same time, if you keep your body in shape, okay. Yeah. But at the, at the end, you just got to know when to buy out grades. Yeah, buy out
0: grass. Speaking of like, That's
1: what I had to do when I was in school, uh-huh. running track. After my last track meet, I said... After my last injury, I said, I, I got to hang it up. I got to go
0: away. Speaking of legends, hopefully to the our grace let's talk about these Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay State Warriors, I like to call them. They got A.B.
1: Oh. You know what the funny part was? I picked them up in fantasy. As soon as I heard the news, and I already had a deep roster. So I was like, I'm going to pick them up in fantasy and see where it goes from there.
0: Uh, wow. Well, I don't play fantasy. I'll probably play next year because it seemed dope coming around to the idea of, you know, putting a little team together. You gotta you gotta have some type of fun when I mean, your team is about as the Texans. But we're gonna get into that. We're gonna get into the Texans miserable, miserable standing. But the Bucks got A B and all I can say is man, the rich get richer and I think that K that Kansas City Tampa Bay Super Bowl is a lock. It's a lock. I don't see anybody that can I mean it, it, to for me it's like are there some teams playing better than Tampa Bay. Yes. But when you got that much skill, you got a team that don't really have to even play at their best and still be good enough to beat you. And that's what's that's what I think is going to set them apart. Same thing with Kansas City. They don't have to play at their best because when they play at their best they're unbeatable. But they can play a little bit below their best and still be good enough to beat 99% of the league. Let me ask you this though. When
1: when Amber you Yeah, you can judge me about it. When you look at... um. We look at Seattle, right, uh-huh. they're the only undefeated team in the NFC right now. Uh-huh. I, I understand that their defense is beat up. Uh-huh. I understand, but here's the part, though. As long as Wilson is being Wilson, uh-huh. this is my take, though. I think it's going to be a long game for Tampa Bay. I'm not going to lie. They're going to have to contain Russell Wilson if they want to win. Here's the thing. Because I'm not going to lie. They, Wilson has an arm. Uh-huh. He's got Metcalf. Uh-huh. He's got... Lock it, Lock it. Uh-huh. and even.
0: Yo, yo, yo. All right. Technical difficulties yo. here. Technical difficulties yo. here. Let's get right back into it, man. So you said Wilson. Wilson got an arm. he got to be contained. Got Metcalf. Metcalf. Got Metcalf. Got Lockett. I believe he was heading to, what, you about to say they have a run game?
1: Yeah, they got a run game. I mean, it's not like superior. It's not like, oh, shit, I'm scared of these niggas. But, you know, it's a running game to get the job done. Mm-hmm. You know, granted, Tampa Bay, I mean, they got McCoy and Fournette and... Ronald Jones Jr. <laughs> yeah. But this is the part that kills me, though. Let, let, let me ask you this. And we've seen the history of how teams are built. You know, when you try to build super teams, We either going to have a swing or a miss. Mm-hmm. Mind you, Tom Brady is 43 now. Yes. Can Tom Brady get his seven Super Bowl ring on a different team before he rides
0: off into the sunset? I don't know if they're going to beat Kansas City. I don't want them to beat Kansas City because I don't want Tom Brady to get a seventh ring. <laughs> so... I don't know if they'll beat Kansas City because Kansas City and them are kind of evenly matched to me. Um, In terms of your original question with Seattle, to me at least, I don't even think Seattle stands the best chance because the defense is so bad. I think it'll be somebody else in the division or in the conference. I think probably Green Bay, even though their defense is atrocious too. I'd rather have Green Bay, especially with Aaron Rodgers. You got – uh. What's his name? Lazard, uh, Adams, Aaron Jones. He's
1: still down. He's gonna be out for a minute, man. Yeah, he, he had a he had a nasty injury. About is he him. out for the
0: season? Uh, is, are you...
1: um, they said at the time it was six to eight weeks.
0: So he'll be back. I mean, if he injured himself in what September, two months from that is November. He'll be back and be all right for the playoffs. It depends on how bad the injury is and how well he rehabs. But in terms of Seattle, here's the thing. With games this close, right, it's going to come down to who can take the air out the ball. Who can take the air out the ball, who can put the ball in the running back's gut and get you yards, right? I feel like Tampa Bay with that Ronald Jones Jr. and Fournette can do that better than Seattle can. I feel like Seattle, they're so dependent on Russell Wilson being Russell Wilson playing well because the defense is what it is. On top of that, you have guys that's going to make Russell Wilson be Russell Wilson because you got Devin White and Levante David and Dominick Dominican Sue all in the middle of that Tampa Bay defense. You know? So now, with the, the layers that become to me, at least, is I give Tampa Bay the edge because they can keep up weaponry wise. Although Tom Brady at this point in his career is not going to outplay Russell Wilson, they can keep up weaponry wise on the outside. I mean, you got AB. Who's the number one? Chris Evans. Chris Evans. Mike Evans was the number one receiver, and then Chris Godwin, who can arguably, who can argue, is also a number one receiver. Plus, a talented tight end, OJ Howard, and Gronk. You know, well, let me
1: ask you this though: Gronk ain't the same. Yeah, he had a year off because he retired.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But here's the part though: realistically, how many yards is Tom Brady going to have to put up to at least make the game competitive, especially at his age?
0: you you're asking me that because I'm a low baller I'm gonna say 250 300
1: okay I can I can see 250 two between 250 300 yards
0: because I hit and I want to let you know I get what you're saying Russ is electrifying Russ is lighting the league on fire and Russ is probably by far in away the MVP this year Josh Allen may have something to say about that I think with Patrick Mahomes and Lamar, we got a little bit of, you know, Okay, we know you guys are those guys. We're not going to vote for you again. So Russ is by far away the way to MVP. But the thing is, it's so one sided with Seattle. And, you know, out of all the team sports, football is the ultimate team sport. And I think just the pieces, just the pieces Tampa Bay got is good enough. And. Playoff time is different, man. And then the biggest thing right now is not even the pieces. The biggest thing right now is Tom Brady is going from a system where he was dink and dunk, dink and dunk, dink and dunk, death by a thousand paper cuts to now they want Tom Brady to throw that thing across the yard. But it's only week seven. You got all the way to January to get it right. And I think with that many pieces, and then you got AB, who doesn't have to go. Oh, uh, you you can let Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and and Gronk and O.J. Howard tear the seams up and then really not to disrespect AB, let AB be Julian Edelman. I don't need to let AB go across the uh, go deep. I can just kill you with AB in the middle of the field and let everybody else stretch it. Or let I let all them guys stretch it and then kill you in the middle of the field with Gronk or O.J. Howard. And then on top of that, once I get the lead, I got two backs are physical back that I can get the ball to and then keep the lead and waste time running the ball on you. Well, I feel like if Russ was gonna beat Tampa Bay, it was gonna have to be strike after strike after strike. Like once he get the ball, he's two, three, four, five plays, touchdown.
1: Like it's gonna be like it's gonna be a time of possession battle. I'll tell you that right now. That's the only way I mean and that's just speaking in general. But because Seattle's defense, you have to make it a time of possession battle.
0: And the thing yeah. is, can they do that with those two fantastic inside linebackers Tampa Bay got? We shall see. And in Dominican Sue, who's who, man, never been never been great. He ain't never been as good as he was at Nebraska, but he, he's no slouch defending the middle.
1: But let me ask you this, though Can Tampa Bay get past the Saints?
0: Yes. Especially We've
1: seen how that first game went. And
0: that's my, that,
1: Michael Thomas. Only had one catch that game. Well, I believe it was one, one catch. He's only he's on. That's the only time he's played this season.
0: Let me because, let me ask you. Let me let me let me count on with this. Who Marshawn Lattimore is one guy. Who a net can catch it out the backfield? Godwin, Evans, Ab. Let's not even bring the tight ends into it because OJ O.K. Howard ain't got what he's supposed to be and Gronk, as you say, is a little washed. Who else on the Saints is going to be able to scheme to take out all those weapons?
1: I mean, look what happened in week one. Well, would we you say week one was too soon to uh, judge? I mean, pretty much what I've seen from week one gave me an idea, but, you know, after these games have changed, will, will someone get a better justified idea in that suit
0: I, I I don't know. I think, I, and I get I get fully what you're basing this argument in. You're saying, well, Joe, it's not all about talent. It's about schemes. And can teams be schemed to beat Tampa Bay? But it's like it's like Kansas City. To me, it's like Kansas City. What can you do if you ain't got a run game where you're eating up eight nine minutes worth of clock? There's nothing you can do about it. And that's how I feel about Tampa Bay. As long as they don't make their own mistakes. Locust time don't come out and play terrible and they don't make mistakes. They're almost impossible to beat unless you find a way to just either put a lot of weight on them with quick strikes or you take the air out that ball and you make them grind it and you make them work for it. That's true. I give you that. That's why. That's that's why I'm going with Tampa Bay. And I get what you're saying. I'm hyping them up, and by no means is me hyping them up saying they are perfect. No. I just think with those weapons, it makes it so hard for whoever else on that opposite side of that ball, on opposite on the opposite side of that field, that, that day, to beat them. Because any one of those one guys can give you, let's just be, Let's any one of those three, out of Godwin, Brown, and Evans, can give you 100 to 150. And then Fournette catching the ball out the backfield, and then them being able to also pound the ball, and then you see what they did to Aaron Rodgers. It picked Aaron Rodgers off twice before Tom Brady even had to really just be on the field and do his thing. All right. It's a complete team, and it's scary, and it just got a lot more talented. So, as long as everybody gets along and everything keeps going, I just kind of see them on the uptick. Like, yeah, they lost against the Saints, and then, yeah, they had the blunder late against Chicago. And, you know, Chicago has, you know, Khalil Mack and a a vaunted defensive line. But it's like, look at what it was against Chicago. Look what they did to a good defense. They were driving. And, you know, this league is fool me once. Shame on me. But if I'll fool me once, you know how the saying goes. But if you fool me twice, you know, shame on me. So you know how this league goes. It's rare to beat somebody two times in this league. Rare. Especially when they got game footage on you. Especially when especially when it's Tom Brady who's known as somebody who can dictate the game. And once he see it, he can upload it. He can say it. He know how to manipulate it. And we're going to get away from this. We're going to go this way. He ain't Peyton Manning at doing it, but he can do it. And I just think the Tampa Bay team is very complete and very scary to deal with. But, you know, moving on from one good complete team to a team completely in shambles. Let's talk about our beloved, beloved Houston, Texas, and their horrible situation. So, it's a gloomy Sunday evening, suns. It's not setting because it's been horrible weather. It's almost perfect weather to describe or, you know, to set the mood for how horrible the Texans are. Gloomy Sunday evening. Texans are 1-6, completely embarrassed by the Packers. Deshaun um, Walker is the only bright spot. Defense can't stop a nosebleed. I mean, we, I mean, let's. I mean, like, let's just talk about it. We lost to a Minnesota team that didn't play, that didn't practice. We lost to a Tennessee team that had two games in like four days. They played on Tuesday and then backdoor played us on Sunday. And now we gave up a two hundred yard receiving game after we gave up a hundred yard rushing game to a rookie, and then gave up. Two 100-yard receivers against Minnesota and a 160-yard rusher. I mean... you heard the
1: stat that they said during the game, before the game. They said the
0: Texans are the
1: first team defensively to allow a 350-yard passer and a 200-yard rusher in the same game.
0: Wow. Is that the Tennessee game? Yes. Wow. (laughs) I mean... It's it's funny because like for years and years and years our defense was never it was always statistically great but never like big play great and to see our defense just fall apart like this
1: I ain't seen a Texas defense that bad since Frank Bush was over it
0: Yeah I mean to see a defense fall apart like this it's just it's sad it's sad
1: Like you you and I look at the stats I said dog we are damn near at the bottom of the league defensively, and it's uh-huh. not even bad. It, it, it's just like I'm like, how many deep balls I've seen. I'm like, what's this coverage? It's cushion, cushion. Devontae uh-huh. Adams is getting open. I knew after that play, they ran that RPO. I said, oh, uh-huh. they're going to the tight end. Nobody's going to pick up. What do they do? Throw it to the tight end. The Texas team was like, we could literally line up. Literally. just just run a little cheap route. Boom, mm-hmm. we we got thirty yards off the play. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It's just it's it's just uh it's bad it's bad and it's not bad. I mean it's not bad because um I would say it's not bad because of the skill positions. We can't tackle. All. It's it's bad because of the defense and the O line. It's just terrible. Can't both of them are, Both of them are just so terrible and. I just, I'd like, you know, we were talking earlier when we were talking about the games, you know, I, what we could call our little pre production meeting. Yeah. And it's uh, it's sad because we don't, we're, we're one of the richest, not richest, we're one of the most expensive uh, payrolls. Cap, yeah, expensive payrolls, cap heavy teams in the league. Miami owns our first 2nd around pick in the upcoming draft. What do we do? I mean, JJ, I believe, is at the end of a contract, and is, uh, the consensus is um, he not it's not known, but there's strong rumors he wanna go play with his brothers in Pittsburgh. And if JJ leave and you know his value's already taken such a strong hit because of the back injury and the knees and the elbow, who else on the team is worth a haul other than Deshaun? And I just found out Deshaun has a no-trade clause. So, like, who on this team is worth the haul? Who on this team is worth the haul to really bring anything in? Because this is not a problem that's going to be corrected by a great coach, uh, better GM. This is a problem that needs all of that plus better on-field talent, and we don't have the capital, if you will, to get better on-field talent besides trading Deshaun, like part of- who we can't trade. No, I don't, who we can't I don't
1: trade. want to trade him. Hell, in that like here's the part we we could have made some mistakes. I, I will say this: one of the bright spots. Bill O'Brien did was able to trade up to get Deshaun Watson in that draft. I'll say that, but generally, I felt like this is my opinion. Though, Bill O'Brien, I feel like he knew he was on the hot seat, so he just I'm gonna give you a big old middle finger just to stick it to y'all. Hey, let's get let me get rid of D Hop and I get a carton of cigarettes in from Arizona,
0: mm-hmm. and then and I feel bad. I feel bad. Like everybody's talking about older oh, David Johnson stuff hasn't worked out. It hasn't worked out. I feel bad. I feel like behind that O line, he hasn't had a chance. And, and
1: I agree with you. Like hell, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I ain't even seen this one play. It was about to get blown up from the start because you no, know, the O line just collapsed. I'm like, damn dog. I'm I'm afraid to protect y'all. Like you said, can't protect me from a common cold.
0: Yeah, you can't. You can't do it. I mean. Titus Howard is terrible. <laughs> He's terrible. We wasted a first round pick. And we wasted a first round pick on him when it was better. Left tackles you know, still in that dress. It's they're terrible though. If you can't win the game on either side of the trenches, it's simple. Like as complex as pro football is now, it's simple. If one side of the trenches, either defensive line wise or offensive line wise, cannot win, you're going to lose.
1: Like you are, our time of possession is so terrible. I understand why you know, like I said, it goes hand in hand. I mean, if your offense is getting three and outs, like, I'm talking mm-hmm. about, hey, quick drives. And then mm-hmm. at the same time, your defense, of course your defense is going to get tired. But when I see the game, like, small miscues, like, hey, wrap up and tackle. I'm like, dude, we had to stop. Aaron Rodgers should have been sacked. i seen Aaron Rodgers should have been sacked multiple times. You know what? With Aaron Rodgers throws it to Devontae Adams. We know it happened but
0: yeah it's it's sad and the future is i mean like i was telling you when in, in the pre-production meeting like uh what are we going to do because even once we get the capital the draft picks there's no guarantee these guys are going to turn out good or be healthy and we don't have with with a problem like this you want to address this if you're trying to win with proving guys. You don't want to address this with young talent, but we're so heavy and so expensive that we got to address it with young talent. And I just feel bad for Deshaun because it's a rebuild and this is not like a hire Eric B enemy, get a new GM and we boom like even if you trade Steals fuller not Steals, even if you trade Fuller and Cooks who've been playing well and Whitney Merciless, what do you get back for that? I don't think you get back a, a player that's gonna change the team around. Yeah. I don't think you get a. I don't think you get back a draft pick that's gonna be something or had the potential to be something. You kind of you kind of stand pat or run the risk of getting a little worse. And you know, I I would not like to trade any of the skill position guys. Wise, we got to get a better. Tunsil's good. We got to get better across the O line, and we got to get better in the secondary, and we got to get better at the pass rush. The only good part of the team is the secondary and the interior linebacker. Everything else is bad, very bad. I don't know. I'm just. I don't know what we do because not only are we rebuilding, we don't know how to rebuild. You know, we don't know if we want to rebuild to keep a winner going or rebuild from the standpoint of going young and trying to develop young talent. Okay, all right. So, going backwards, Bill O'Brien is the definition of toxic, and like you were saying, this is a nigga that convinced the Texans to do Brian
1: Hoyer, Brock Osweiler, Brian Fitzpatrick, mm-hmm. and we all knew. paying back, how how much did the Texans pay to give Brock Osweiler? Like it was like a four year seventy
0: two. It was like seventy two million.
1: Yes, and yeah, and Granny, and don't get me wrong. Yeah, Rick Smith was GM at the time. Mm-hmm. Bill O'Brien still had a part in that role mm-hmm. because that was under O'Brien's tenure. Yeah, and I'm just like, come on now, don't don't being realistic. Oswald has a few good games in Denver. Hey, let's sign the guy to a 72 million dollar deal. Luckily, the one thing the Texans did right was we dumped the contract. And gave
0: it to the Burns. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I don't know, man. Just little Browns is toxic. It's so toxic. I mean, on top of just, it's crazy to think that somebody can be in the realm of football their whole life and still not know how to do the coaching part right. Like, you've been coaching your whole life and probably been at least around football, playing it your whole life. And you still can't coach it. And then on top of that, you've been around seeing teams built. You learned from Bill Belichick, you know, how to build teams, how to develop relationships with players, and what positions you need. And you still can't do that either. And it's like, how do you do something for this long and still wind up being inept and then toxic? And then so toxic that you ran out Dwayne Brown. You ran out Jadavion Clowney. You ran out DeAndre Hopkins. (laughs) You know, it's crazy. It's just, I don't know, man. It's it's baffling to see this much ineptitude
1: from the whole
0: franchise from the owner down and then from guys who's supposed to, Bill O'Brien who's been around football his whole life.
1: And when you know you lost the locker room, you know when it gets to a point where J.J. Watt gets a new shadow match with you, then you know you're toxic. Yeah, you're toxic, man.
0: I'm like, damn, J.J., why I got no a shouting match? He he's, he's gone, I mean. I don't wish bad on him. Go, no, coach, a, go coach a college team because that's where you belong. You belong somewhere where you get to have – you get to do everything. You get to decide what players you want to recruit. You get to decide how they're going to play. You get to decide what rules they're going to follow. Go to college. That's where you belong. And you know what? I'm I'm happy for D-Hop.
1: You know, it it was hurt. I was hurt when he left, but at the same time seeing him putting up good numbers in Arizona, I'm happy for him. Oh
0: man, I just posted I just posted on Reddit Reddit today in the uh, Texans subreddit over there. I'm happy when Texans players leave. I'm happy for Dwayne Brown. I am happy for DeAndre Hopkins. I'm happy for Tyron Matthew. Go get treated and be on a team that deserves your talent because this is ineptitude from ownership down.
1: Because when I seen D Hop, and this was in Andre Johnson's last year as a Texan before he went on to Indy, I was like, dog, I said, what if D Hop would have got drafted earlier? Uh-huh. And when I'm saying D Hop doing this with his size and the numbers putting up in the AFC South, how he was giving Jalen Ramsey the blues. I said, dog, this man is gonna be
0: special." Mm-hmm. Like, I kid you not. So it's just, I'm happy when the Texans lose. Uh, I'm not. I'm not happy when the Texans lose. That's my team. I'm happy when Texans players move on, and hopefully, I mean, hopefully, this rebuild is the last one, and we finally become a team that consistently winners. You know, I'm tired of the. I'm tired of the the. We're up, then we're down. We're 10 and 6, we're 12 and 4, we're 11 and 5, and then we hit a nose Don't dive. We're 6 and 10, and we're 2 and 4. Don't forget the what?
1: Don't forget when we at one point was going 9
0: and 7. 7 and 9, 8. 8 and 8. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And then let me take this right now, though. A lot of Houston teams should take a page from the Astros. You know what? They helped develop their players, they, they, they knew how to draft. Yeah, they developed, and even though with the depleted roster and the injuries, guess what? The Astros still made some smart free agent moves. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, we still got some good trades, but guess what? We had a Foster system. We had a system to develop those players. But what did the Texans do? Fuck
0: it, we just—it's so much harder in football because. You have guys committed to the organization in baseball from those minor league teams on up. Those coaches want to do well for those minor league teams because they want to be able to make it to the majors. Those executives for those minor league teams want to do well because they want to make it to the majors. Those owners want to do well because they want to make it to the majors and either own a piece of the Astros or own a piece of whatever team that needs wants them to be a part of the ownership group. With football, you don't really have that. It's, it's We need guys to come play now, and then they're coming from college systems that only want to maximize them for that college system and not really prepare them to be well-rounded at, pro players.
1: In, well, I mean more like in the concept, because at the end, you still got to have player development. Isn't that true?
0: Yeah, but the NFL is a, a, a win-now league. I mean, there, I can say there isn't any team for player development to Look how quick they get rid of quarterbacks. I mean, quarterbacks be quarterbacks two, three years, and oh, let's drop the new hot one coming out. Same thing with coaches. The NFL is a win now league. In baseball, like in baseball and basketball, yeah. rebuilds are kind of accepted because it's not so crucial. We got eighty-two games, we got one hundred sixty-two games. You know what I am saying? Well, football it's week to week to week. You know what I am saying? So it's like we got to start flipping this and getting wins because we get seven, eight wins behind the eight ball. That's it.
1: Because you know, like right now it's gonna be a brand new draft class coming out. Trevor Lawrence is projected to be the number one uh-huh. pick. Well, he should be the number one pick, honestly. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. I'm just, but you know, anything closing remarks, any closing thoughts you
0: got, man? Uh closing thoughts. Let's let's hit this quick real quick. Uh Strohl's in the ALCS losing seven. How you feel?
1: I I I think the, the fact that we were able to come back from 3-0, uh-huh. and mind you, we did this. Mind you, I'm, not, I'm I'm holding my head high, though. We did this with a depleted uh-huh. roster. Everybody was talking about, oh, the Astros did this, the Astros' disgrace, the game of baseball.
0: Investigate
1: the Yankees, investigate the Red Sox for what they uh-huh. did, and talk to me about that with that energy. The only reason why the Astros got flagged. Because guess
0: what? We got right, win. Yeah, and I would love to see that. And in terms of uh, Houston sports right now, it would have been nice to see the Astros get back to the, the series and win it because Rockets up in the air. Maybe we talk about the Rockets who have been up in the air since the playoffs ended. And then Texans are in a rebuild out of nowhere. And then let's make this last uh, topic quick hitter. Uh, Ice Cube and Trump. Do you believe Ice Cube made the right decision talking to both parties? Do you think it was smart for Ice Cube because um, – admit to Trump talking to him and do you believe Trump is using Ice Cube?
1: Honestly, I think Ice Cube should have just, this is my opinion, I think Ice Cube should have just announced that plan individually because this is the one thing about Trump, about Trump supporters and minorities. Uh-huh. Somehow they would try to turn that narrative and try to make it seem like hey, Trump is a savior. Uh-huh. And you know, at the end, and you seeing what happened, everybody was on Ice Cube uh-huh. Wasn't I surprised they would were, they were call him a coon? I wasn't.
0: Do you, do you feel because like he's you know a coon? Happened, do you feel like man. he's a coon? for Speaking, we're not going to say, because I don't know if he endorsed Trump yet, but do you feel like he's a coon for just having the conversation and saying, here's something the black community needs from our president?
1: I'm not saying he's a coon, but at the same time, we all know Trump don't give a damn about mm-hmm. black folks. Unless they're aligning with his agenda.
0: Why that goes back to Candace mm-hmm. on. Yeah. I would have to agree with you there. I'm not saying he's a coon. I'm just saying you probably should have knew better. <laughs> you know, and at first I was upset that people called him a coon, like, when you do business, you gotta do business and then I had to let my opinion kind of mature and grow and it's like, Yeah, you're not a coon. Like you 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 did the right thing going to like have the conversation with both parties, but you should have knew better than to actually have it with this guy who you know is uh, that uh, not going to do right by black folk. And I believe 100% Trump is using Ice Cube to just do that to his base, like to get his base to put pressure on black people. Like, look, Trump do care about you. Look, Trump is going to do this. What is Biden going to do? And they use that as like bait and try to get to the black vote. And uh, my closing point is uh, a key thing was there was going to be a discussion of $500 billion being given to like reform our communities uh. and shit. They ain't giving us no $500 billion. I hate to be poly fucking pessimists. They're not doing it. You think them people that make all that money off the defense budget and get lobbies from private military contractors and fucking Big Pharma is going to let their money be taken away from that and invested it to some niggers? Fuck out of here.
1: No, you know they're not. And you know, for a fact, we still waiting on reparations. And still, for a fact, Trump is still trying to defund HBCU. Mm-hmm. So... Come on, now be realistic. You talking about this, but at the same time, he's going backdoor, trying to defund HBCU. Yeah, it's, uh,
0: it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Ice Cube shoulda new better. I don't blame him for speaking to both sides. But Ice Cube shoulda new better. You got to know who you're doing business with. And yeah, they ain't giving niggers no five hundred billion dollars. Truly, tell people where they can find you on social media.
1: Uh, hell, you can find me on Twitter. I'll probably be tweeting some. Trilling, I mean, some other shit about the baseball uh-huh. game. Uh, follow me at I'm, I mean, at I'm underscore random uh-huh. cross. Like I said, I do give outlandish takes at times, you know, whether it be food or sports or just other shit, like you that, know. Like, like that bullshit like
0: you thing. be talking about, ranch. It is that
1: <laughs> It's true. Uh, you can eat ranch without ranch. No, you cannot. <laughs> I digress. I'm going to respectfully digress and hold my opinion. <laughs> Sir, I'm going to let you adjourn for the evening. Because, uh, hey, I got a teach in the morning. <laughs> Shit, i going to be, I got a haul ass in the morning.
0: Oh, well, I am Lord Welcho. You can follow me on Twitter at Lord Welcho. You can follow me on Instagram yeah. at Welcho. You can follow this on Twitter at Gods, And we'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in. Talk to this is a blessing to your ears. This is a blessing for us to do. We hope you enjoy listening to it as much as we enjoy recording it. This is this miss. is Trill Salsa and Lord Wells signing off. Until next week. One.
1: Yes, we don't <laughs> miss. <laughs>